Hey friends, I thought it would be kind of cool to bring in a few of our trusted teammates that have been with FIT for a really long time and just kind of talk about what it was like at FIT when we were starting out, how we got started out, what it was, you know, uh, what the experience was for you guys and how we kind of got to where we are. So let me introduce, this is David Gasson. number number what tell them who you are David kind of your your progression and what number of employee you were when you kind of sure joined. yeah when I joined uh, I subcontracted for fit a bit uh, over the summer of 2013 and I came on as a full-time employee in October of that year uh, I started off as an office administrator um, um, I was the fourth employee at the time um, I started that same day with another engineer uh, so we were three and four. I guess it's debatable which one was the third or which one was the fourth. Um, but I was the first staff member to not be on the engineering side of things. Yeah. Uh, so my primary responsibilities uh, would have been, again, just anything outside of engineering. So accounting, operations, uh, procurement, you name it. Uh, and then obviously supporting uh, the executive team, which was Ephraim and Joel at the time. Yeah. And... and now, over time, you're still with the company. You're the oldest employee we have. Most season grandfather. Oldest is weird, but... Not in age, longest tenure. No, it's tenure. I like that. Yeah, and so uh, Damien Anderson. Damien, you started with the engineer with us. Tell, tell us a little bit like yeah, yeah. how you got started, what you've been doing. Yeah, so I think what I might have... Just a January, January 2015, I want to say and maybe employee number six or seven, yeah. somewhere in there. Um, and I remember you guys called me. It was late at night, too, I feel like. And, and Ephraim called me. He was very professional right away. Hey, my name's Ephraim. Started telling me about fit. And then Joel just cut you off right away. Hey, man, we want to work with you. <laughs> and I was kind of surprised. I wasn't asleep yet, but I was kind of like fading that day. And I was like, wow, he's got some energy. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you guys told me to come and meet you at a gym, which I also thought was... <laughs> was bizarre and we did our first interview at a bar so uh, to me I was like oh, how do we even hear how do we hear about you and a former employee so somebody somebody we're still uh, we're still tight with yeah um, I think he's he kind of put us on okay us together um, and yeah man when I first met you guys I thought I was like well California they do things differently <clears throat> just meet at the gym interview there um, <laughs> but no it was good we started off engineering um, you know back then we had a lot less training in the yeah. beginning right now we met at the gym because that was our office. Your other yeah, business. yeah, that was our office. That was official office. Official office, yeah. And then we went. We walked across the street. I don't know if you remember that. It's that bar that had all that amazing keg and barrel, kinds, like keg, 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 yeah, keg, different kinds, keg and of, bottle, yeah, all kinds yeah. of rice whiskey stuff like that. And uh, that's where we did our first interview. Yeah. And uh, I was hungry, and you offered me food, but I was like, nah. I was like, just, just stay focused. <laughs> that's a trap. Just stay focused. Like, that's a trick question. So I didn't have any food. I just had some coffee. And um, I don't remember the conversation at all. To be honest. I don't remember how it went. But, you know, from there, we, we got started. Did the technical interview. Yeah. Technical interview for me was like two hours. Mm. I mean, Mike Curry. Oh, sorry. I don't know. If I can say his <laughs> yeah, you can drop his name. He's, yeah, yeah, he's my boy. We're still cool. But, I mean, for two hours, just drug me through the mud with technical questions, things that I haven't even used ever since working at Fit, but I think he thought it was important that I know. So, yeah, uh, we're happy he did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it was cool. It was a lot of fun uh, in those early days. So yeah, That's good. Yeah. yeah, so we started, just for context, we started the very October 2012, um, and I had been, at the time I started with my business partner, 
Joel Richie, you guys obviously both know him. Joel was the one that helped recruit you, and he was a big part of the company. Uh, he's no longer with us. We, you know, he wanted to exit, do something else. But at the time, before we launched, he was, you know, honestly, he was a big driver for me to kind of like get over the the fear of being an entrepreneur. So he was kind of like, hey, why don't you start your own business? And <clears throat> something I always wanted to do. Started thinking about it more, and he was like challenging me to that. So it was it was neat because I was already in the industry. By the time we launched, which was October, we had probably already been working on it from, I don't know, December, January the previous year. So we had been talking about it, going to the gym together, doing all that kind of thing. I think one of the big drivers for me at the time was working with team members that I liked. So it wasn't that I didn't like who I was working with, but I was kind of working on an island. I had previously worked at MSP and... Um, I had a, cool, a really nice team there. They went through acquisitions, things changed, and I really kind of wanted that back. I liked working with Joel. I was like, man, we could impact a lot of lives, uh, impact my life, impact his life, our family's lives, and then impact the lives of anyone working with us, as well as you know, take care of our customers, impact their lives. So, what was the? What was the? Because, and I remember the dynamic right between you, you and Joel, and Joel. I yeah. Like was the. It's kind of like the marketing, sales, <clears throat> a lot of bravado, a lot of energy. Yeah. You were like the quiet workhorse. But can you talk to me a little bit about, you know, the way you dealt with the fear versus the way he dealt with it? Of, of kind of yeah, I don't up? think he had a lot of fear because he's very visionary. He's like, I say visionary, and I was more of an, impli- more of an implementer. Um, and I think over time I've taken on more of that visionary role. But yeah. at the time, he just, he just didn't have fear. And I had a lot more fear because I was, you know, I didn't have any money in the safe. I didn't have any money in the bank. I was, you know, I was like, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? Like, so I was very calculated to the risk. And then the more he was challenging me, like the desire to do it grew. And then I think what got over the fear wasn't necessarily Joel. It was um, actually two other entrepreneur guys I, I reached out to, and they were, they that had businesses, successful businesses, and they were saying, hey, just, you, you can do this, you just know, you just go for it, right, so it's so many words, and so once they were saying that, I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do this, and in fact, it's funny, today I went uh, um, to a lunch with a guy that was asking me about the, the, this exact topic, and that's why he, he, he was, I would say it's my first fan lunch. He's been following me. <laughs> he's been following fans. me on Instagram. Yeah, and he's like, I've been watching your videos, and that's why I wanted to go to lunch with you, because I, cool. I wanted to uh, cool. ask you some questions about the business, because he's, you know, wants to grow his career. So I was like, that's that was crazy. pretty cool. Yeah. Now, I remember you told me years ago, I remember a lot of things. <clears throat> Everything kind of always is like I said, constantly hilarious yeah. to me. And I, I imagine this moment for you. You were talking about when you finally decided to quit your job and you mulled oh, yeah. over it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, when I decided to quit the job, I, because I, <clears throat> what was crazy is when we were working on this business, I got a job offer. So first I had a, a good paying job. I was probably making around 90K and this is, you know, 12 years ago. So it's more than it is now. 90K is not as big of a deal as it was then. It was a lot bigger deal. So I was making good money um, and I had all the benefits, vacation, everything. 
at a secure company. And then before I launched, I got an offer from another company offering me 130, which was like more than I had ever even dreamed of. And I turned that one down because the reason I turned it down, because I was making the, at that point when I turned it down, that solidified my decision that, that there's no turning back, that I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to start fit. And because uh, I was like, I can go to this business and I could probably get the customers that I had. There was a lot of customers that had worked with this company that had left and I was, my, my target was to go get them. And I was like, they'll probably follow me into one job, but they might not do it twice. <laughs> if it's good, they're going to yeah, stay. Right. And if it's bad, they're not going to trust me again. So I got one shot. So I was like, if I'm going to use the one shot, Better I'm going to use it at Fit, not at this other company. Yeah. yeah. Better on yourself. Better on yourself. Better on yourself. Yeah. Well, so so that now, so you you had all of that that uh that uh you know kind of like I guess hesitation and all that, but then you told me Joel just came to your house one day and said, "Hey, buddy, I quit my job." Oh yeah, yeah. So so <laughs> hey, so he saw me quit, yeah. and then <clears throat> kind of the goal was like, "All right, let's get some more revenue." Then he'll quit next when there's enough, and he like two months later he's just like, "Hey, he was here. He's like, I quit my job." <laughs> and I'm like, but well, we don't got the money yet. Like, yet, yeah. he's like, well, I guess we got to make it work. I was yeah. like, okay, cool. Let's. I guess That's there's funny. no turning back now. That's funny. So man. he just, yeah, he 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 had less fear of that kind of thing, but which was. Great. Yeah, no, that, that's cool. I mean, by the time I met you guys, I met you two years later, it seems like you guys were believers because I remember meeting you actually in this exact room, right? And then we, we started working and we met, I don't know exactly where it was. It was like a shared office space. And you were describing to me the model of the service delivery and you were drawing it on the whiteboard. And you said, what we do is we have pods and we have teams. And in my head, I'm like, dude, there's four people that work here. What teams are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> right? We have one team, and we're all here right now. But to see it now, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like to see you, you spoke it like it already had happened. Yeah. Now, yeah, we have ten, nine teams, you know, nine or ten teams. But at the time, I was just like, dude, this, this guy's kind of crazy because yeah. there's nobody else here. Yeah. <laughs> it's just us. Well, that, that's a good point because that that's something that I picked on up on as well. Anytime I would talk to them, is that they would always talk about the company in terms of like what it would be if it was 10 or 20, 30 times bigger than, than, it, than, than what, what it, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And actually that workspace at Comerge just down the street from here. Comerge, that's right. Um, yeah. I, Ephraim and I were there one time and I asked him like, you know, what, what's the goal? How big do you want this, this company to get? And we were walking, we happened to be walking by like the biggest conference room that they had there. And he said, my, my goal or my dream is to fill up a room like this with engineers to train. Yeah, wow. And then looking at it now, the engineers that we have wouldn't even fit that room. Wouldn't even fit that room, room. yeah. And and it was like, it was a pretty good sized room, right? And it's just crazy to think, like if, even at our previous office building, um, if all of the employees that fit were to come into that office, the parking lot wouldn't be able to There's no way, yeah, Yeah. there's no way. So I had worked, so part of that was, it's funny because I didn't really have a lot of mentoring at that time like I do now. I was like more figuring it out, but when I worked at this other MSP, they they had gotten to five million, so they had like twenty something people, and so they were a little more established, had an accounting person or two people. Then they had like their account management, sales, uh, engineering help. They had like kind of the base pieces. So in my mind, like I was just on autopilot to build that, 
And then we got that, and then I was like, oh, man, like, now, now, now what? But then I was also in a position, I was like, okay, well, we got to go more because if I, if we stop now, then there's not a whole lot of opportunity for people. To keep going. To keep yeah, going, yeah, 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 right. So then it's like, okay, it's not just, I don't know, it's still tough. If you're five million, it's still tough in, in, in this industry. In this space. In this yeah, space, because yeah, yeah. it's not. Nobody's safe yet. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, and then it wasn't much growth opportunity for the, you know, 20-some people you have. Like, okay, we got to go, go more. Yeah, you can't promote <clears throat> it up really right. that way. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. Now, remind me, though, David, and it, because I felt when I met you guys, I, I could see, I was like, all right, listen, I'm, I was actually leaving the East Coast, right? So yeah. I was kind of starting my whole life over. I only had a few dollars in my pocket, and I said, okay, I'm going to take a chance on this team who seems very small, and I had no idea how it was going to work. But I remember you telling me when you started, you didn't even want to cash your paycheck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, tell that story. You don't have a paycheck? Do you yeah. have a paycheck you haven't cashed I, yet? I do. I think I have a how many, how, how many years old is that? Uh, it's over 10 years old now. You can still cash it. Yeah, I mean, it. well, I don't know if we have that bank account anymore. <laughs> we, <laughs> might, we might get in trouble so, yeah, with somebody's gonna get employment money labor out. laws let's here in this podcast. Yeah, so I mean, I, w- I was still young, so I was still figuring out how the world works and taxes and IRS and everything. And, and so in my mind... I, I thought um, to myself, like, if I don't cash it, they'll, they, as in the government, they'll, they'll never know that I had this money, right? <laughs> so that way I didn't have to pay taxes on it. And my belief in FIT was really so low that I thought, like, hey, if and when this goes south, you know, I don't have to, like, report this money or whatever, right? Yeah, it's right. like, so I'll, I'll, I'll just, like, keep it, I'll just keep it on paper, right? So I was subcontracting with them, uh, or with, with us, with, with FIT. And you know Joel would send the checks, and I would get them. It's like cool, like it was fun, but yeah, I'll just I'll just keep this here, right? But then they just kept coming. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, th- there's something to this. Every right? two weeks, I'm getting yeah. paid. <laughs> what is this about? Like, like, <laughs> yeah. What's going on here? No, that's funny. Yeah. Man. That's funny. I thought in the beginning, like very early on, once we started working, maybe two months in, I, my wife wasn't working, and I kind of went home one day. I was like, listen, I was like. I like these guys, but it's small. And I was like, it feels like a house of cards. Mm-hmm. At any given moment, I feel like this could all like, you know, fall apart. Yeah. This is how I felt, right? I was like, so I need to save up just in case. So I remember at that time, we started earnestly like, okay, we're gonna hang in there, but let's try to save money just in case. But I would say within a year from that moment, things really started taking off. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I don't know what this guy's doing, but he's doing something. <laughs> he's got yeah. something, you know what I mean? Like I couldn't put my finger on it, but I was like, they're figuring it out. Um, and that fear, that, you know, that kind of like that thought process kind of just it left me, you know, I was like, all right, I'm a believer. Like this is, this yeah. thing is rolling, you know, and, and uh, facility after facility, onboarding after onboarding, it just, it just starts to pile up till you start to look back and you, you know, it's kind of like digging a hole. You look yeah. back and you're like, dude, the mound of dirt, yeah, is enormous. You know, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's how like that was my perspective on it those first couple of years. Yeah, and and that's the thing is like like you said that amount of dirt that work, um, it makes me think about like also around the time I started I asked Ephraim like if there's ever days like hey you know can I finish early today or, or whatever and he told me you can always finish early if if you've already done everything there is to do like for the day. And to this day, like that's never happened. Like, and so it was like it was like a challenge, right? And even, even when we were that small, there was still like so much to do, so yeah. much to, to grow. even more, man. maybe yeah. even more. Like, yeah. Back then, I felt like yeah, there was a, yeah, yeah. I agree. So, how far ahead would you look at things from in terms of like what you would try to build out? Or 
I, I mean, was your focus always? I didn't really have a timeline like we do now, like where we're doing budgeting and yeah. all these kind of things. I didn't know how to do that, so we didn't have like end of quarter goals or even annual budgets. We just knew we had to grow. That, yeah. that was basically it, and all I knew was we needed revenue. That's that was the that was the blood, the lifeline. So it was always just trying to get more, take care of the customers, not lose any customers. You know, deliver on service, have that quality. You know, always come through for them because then they do more, they refer us, and all that kind of thing. So, yeah, that was the big, the big one. Now we have, I think, way more clear vision. I also, I think, even at that time, even though I knew we were going to grow and we were going to do some big things, like if you had said, "Hey, you're going to be 20 million in 10 years on 11th year, you're going to be pushing 30," I wouldn't. Like my brain, yeah. I don't know if I could have comprehended it. Yeah. Like 10, 10 million was like such such a big number in in my mind at that time. Yeah, it was, it was like almost un- yeah. yeah, it was yeah. almost yeah. unattainable. And then when we did it, um, still didn't feel like it's like I don't know. I'm the I'm the type of guy like. I have to stop to celebrate because sometimes we'll, we'll hit a number same, like that, and then same, I'm just like, oh, same, okay, like let's just just yeah. I'm just already keep I'm already moving, yeah. and I'm not like you know same. popping champagne and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I was already thinking about the next the next deal or something that's on the rocks, like it, anything like that. Definitely, definitely got to stop and celebrate those wins. I, I remember thinking early, on, well, not even early on, but before. I had signed any clients, you know, signed any deals myself. I kind of made it a goal. I was like, Damien, you should at least bring something to the table, sign a contract. Um, you know, there was a loose commission structure at the time, but especially once we had the commission structure, I was like, okay, like I'm going to make a commission, right? I'm going to get a deal in. Everyone's going to pay me for doing it. Um, and I remember when the first couple started happening, I don't think I ever really like you know, took it in and celebrated. Yeah. And now when I look back at the client base, I'm like, man, I've gotten commission on almost every customer or yeah. the yeah. over here. And I'm like, okay, well, we're doing it. But you kind of, it's just like reaching that mark to 10 million. You, you were working so hard that when you finally get there, you're not as blown away. But you got to no. take time to look back at what you've done and just appreciate it, right? I mean, it didn't happen yeah. overnight. You yeah, know, I, I thought when we would get 10 million, that we pretty much had everything figured out by that point. And then yeah. you, you just realize, just, just rinse and repeat. Far from it, yeah. far from it more right? More money, more problems. There's yeah. more that you don't know. Uh, yeah, same yeah. at 20, same at 30. Yeah. I, I think even at 100, you're probably like, dang, like we got yeah, so much we, stuff we do, to yeah. do, yeah. so much things to improve. So right. I, I think it's just a living beast that you can't, that you can't stop. And it's either it's growing or it's shrinking. That's the thing. If it's not growing, if it's not getting bigger, it is getting smaller. Yeah, that's and it. that's a scary thought. That's a yeah, super that's scary, a scary thought, thought especially because we, we're we're dealing with customers that are laying off employees. Mm-hmm. Um, COVID happened. Co- yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Finance change. All, all these industries changed in many many ways. So, yeah, yeah, so we're yeah, going through yeah. the cycles. Yeah. We've fortunately been able to keep pushing, find more clients. Sounds like we got a deal today. Did, Congratulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we did get a deal. Yeah, that, that so <clears throat> that's great. And, um, you know, now my mind's like, okay, we've got to service them, take care of them, grow it, <laughs> you know, keep, keep it going. <laughs> that that yeah. brings up a good point, though, because it, it kind of highlights the importance of having those goals. And I think it was in a, a Grant Cardone video where it's like, you know, have goals so big that the problems that you have today seem like almost irrelevant, right? Yeah. And I think that that's kind of been something... That's been consistent throughout 
the just kind of a bit <clears throat> history, right? Is it's hard to stop. It's been hard for us to stop and celebrate those things just because we're already thinking about how to resolve problem A to get to problem B, to get all the way to problem yeah, Z. Yeah, create new problems. Yeah, right, yeah. and and that's that's all it's, all it's been. Yeah. It's just creating creating new problems, problems, new problems yeah, new, yeah. or new opportunities yeah. as it is. And and the opportunities that we have now, approaching you know thirty. It's when we look back at sixty, it's gonna be like, yeah, those were super. Sweet. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, exactly. And like in those days, like that you're talking about, there were problems where you know we'd probably lose sleep over them at night, and you look back at them now, and it's just like, yeah, that's it's a just, good question. Yeah, we solve that problem every day now. What was like the biggest problem when you started in the first year? Um, if you had to think back, like a big problem, that was a big problem. And yeah, but that kind of highlights my point. It's so hard to like you even remember. You don't remember even remember it. it. Yeah. So tell me about a sleepless night, a fit sleepless night. Somebody, any, either, either one. Of you. Mine. I mean, <clears throat> I, I hope you're you're okay with me sharing the story. But I've mentioned it before. Like, for me, it was actually I, I am I am thinking of a definitive thing now. Like for for me in my role, it was always making sure that there was enough money in the bank for the payroll. Oh yeah. Right, and so. That was kind of my headache. That's what kept me up at night. Yeah. Is you said, hey David, just you got to do what you got to do to make those collections, right? Tell them you'll drive up to their office. <laughs> like, and I did. I have to like sometimes I'd have to drive up because I I, I at the bank account we have X amount of money. It's like when that payroll hits on Friday, where it's going to overdraft. Right? And so like that was my big headache. Is how do I get these numbers to go up to match the numbers that are going to come out, right? And, and so, like, there was a time when, when it, it wasn't going to happen, and, and I had to kind of make that decision, take on that, like, ownership mentality, yeah. and, and I, I checked off everybody's name on the payroll except mine, because that way it wouldn't overdraft the account. And then I told you about that, like, a couple days later, and you felt so bad, and you're like, oh, you know, buddy, just come over <laughs> And then, like, you told me to come over to your house, like, you wrote me a personal check, like, yeah. for an account, yeah. and, but that, that experience taught me, like, so many things about yeah. just having that ownership mentality, like just owning what you do, making sure that you understand how your activities contribute to the the, the, the overall, yes, right? yeah, yeah. And and you made your your problems as an owner like everyone's problems, and, and that's kind of you know how I try to reinforce my team as well. It's like, hey guys, I want you to think about things how I view them, yeah, because these are how Ephraim views them and how that's how we should all view them. Yeah, that's heavy. That's heavy. Come on, I like fit, it. Fit yeah. sleepless night. Uh, man, I I think. If I knew we were gonna lose a client or a big one that was on the rocks, that that was pretty stressful for me because then you have the whole staff equation, all of that. So there's been a few of those. Um, 2017, I think was a was a pivotal one because what I used to do is I, I would like put a lot of effort into selling. It took usually three to four months, but then all these deals would kind of start rolling because I was like hustling, start to close you know deals at the three, four month, five mark, month mark. Once the deals came in, then I kind of stopped selling, not because I wanted to, but because it was delivery mode, right? And we had to make sure the contracts went well. So anyway, you'd have this revenue up and down thing like that. And I wasn't really financially literate um, and I didn't know how to properly sell. So we got in like financially like payroll stuff where, yeah, there was like barely any money in the bank. Uh, after payroll, and I was like, man, we are way, 2017, I think we are ready. You were way into it, man. We were way yeah, we into it. We had the office already. I, yeah, we had an office. Yeah. I, I think we're like, you know, six, seven million. I'm like, we are way too big to be playing these games yeah. anymore, right? This is like, t the stakes are too high. Like, <clears throat> what am I doing? So then, 
had some stress on that. And then that's when I started doing, um, I started getting coaching, financial coaching, uh, by a guy named Wes, and then some other like guys. Yeah. yeah. And then I started doing Grant Cardone videos uh, to learn how to do sales better. So that's when I started that stuff. Yeah. Putting a process, putting a sales process together was, was huge. I don't want to get there yet. Yeah. I feel like we haven't gotten there yet, but. But that to me it was huge. Yeah. A fit man, my fifth sleepless night pales in comparison. Oh, I want to hear it. <laughs> I I accidentally insulted a customer. Right, you probably remember this. I, I still don't know that what I said was that upsetting, but yeah. it it made these people upset. Yeah, right? I think I remember. That, yeah. <laughs> and so I remember this uh, the customer. The IFG. IFG. Right. Yeah. I remember <laughs> the guy kind of. He, he was very upset. He's just like pointing. I remember he had like a twenty thousand dollar watch on, right? Like some Mariner Rolex. And I'm thinking, man, I can't wait till I can just yell at somebody with a twenty grand watch. <laughs> and then he was like, "Don't come back in the building." And I was like, "Wait, wait, what? I remember like, this, it, yeah. just, it went so far so quickly." And I, and then you told me later, maybe he said that to you. And then later, I, I kind of heard the same thing. And I felt like, okay, fit has got to let me go because this is a big part of our business. And had you have let me go. Even though I didn't feel like that situation was my fault, I would have totally understood. I'd have been yeah. like, yeah, this is, doesn't work anymore. Uh, but we ended up bringing in like somebody, and I ended up not going there. But mm. I would still help them over the phone, and they had no idea it was me. And they loved me. Like, unilaterally, across the board, they would love me. And uh, one day, one of the people who said that they didn't want me to come back in said, I can't wait to meet you in person. <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> I was like, you don't know who I am, but so, so we ended up kind of like just like touching base, and I was like, hey, listen, is everything okay? I want to come back. And she was like, oh, that's you. She was like, oh yeah, come back. So like, I was just like, okay. So like, I went, I went back in, and from that moment on, it was all good. The owner of the company asked me questions, wants to see pictures of my children and all this stuff. Yeah. But I remember in the beginning feeling like a, a real idiot because I will say I make a lot of jokes, right? Sometimes. People laugh sometimes. They don't. Right? So yeah, can't win them all. So yeah. you can't. Yeah. So that um. Yeah. That was a that was a bad moment because I felt like I had let the you know it was a team effort the way we were kind of attacking the client. I felt like I let the team down, and that's never. I never I, I had a sim I had a similar thing. I remember, it wasn't exactly like that, but I had a customer, and my, I remember what my I remember exactly what my boss said because. I got it, it wasn't anything super offensive, but <clears throat> it got super weird. Um, then they started acting unprofessionally and it, it just, it was just a bad situation similar. And I remember what my boss told me. He's like, whenever in doubt, err on the side of professionalism. And so he was basically saying, don't, like when you're servicing a customer, you can be super friendly and, 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 and nice, but to a certain degree, you just keep it kind of vanilla and yeah. you don't get too personal you just err on the side of professionalism so that you kind of just keep it about business and i think for us because we care about our customers sometimes it, you, you do build you know closer personal relationships but that was that was a lesson and then like from that point i was like dude he's so right and i remember going back kind of like you went back like i went back to that customer and i ended up having a great relationship with them after that but i remember i'm net like in my mind i was like I ain't talking about the ball game. Nothing. I'm not talking about nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like, how was your day? You know, yeah. I, I would be nice. Hey, how was how was your day? Fantastic. Hey, let me talk about this and that. Like, whatever they needed. Is there anything you need, Mr. Customer? Let me get that for you right away. Um, here's the update on this. I just kept it about 
yeah. professionals yeah, in yeah, only. Yeah, never yeah. again. You got to keep. It can't be about you, right? Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. You, sometimes you put the spotlight on yourself for whatever reason, but you definitely it can't be about you. Yeah. Now, you know that that brings up a, a good point or a question that I had is like when or what do you guys remember about early training at Fit? Because like that's a a good nugget that you have there of like, hey, always here on the side of professionalism. But there was a certain point, even before we started like investing heavily in Cardone training, but there was a certain point where we realized we're bringing in quality people, but they're not all trained right. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point. So uh, my old boss mentor, Doug Ford, was a Microsoft trainer. And what he used to do, and it obviously it was a smaller company like we used to be, he, every Friday afternoon, he'd bring the whole team in, and he was like this amazing whiteboard guy like he could whiteboard just <laughs> beautiful pictures that you could easily understand sounds it. like your mentor he was my mentor <laughs> i love whiteboarding i learned from him i can't whiteboard as good as he did because his like look picture perfect yeah. but he was a microsoft trainer so he broke things down really e technical things really easy to understand and it's funny i i keep in contact because all that group that i trained with a lot of those people i still have contact with and some are customers um and, and other people we just you know we, we network and, and all of them kind of talk about that time so i i naturally started doing that same thing at fit but as you get bigger there's so many topics and in my mind i had already taught a certain yeah. topic but six months later there's yeah. new people they never learned that topic. So I was constantly running into the thing like, man, I thought I talked we talked about this. I'm like, I oh, told he wasn't, you about yeah, this. <laughs> he wasn't here. Right. Oh, shoot, you know? Uh, right, come in with whiteboard again, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, and you can't, like, it's, 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 it's not scalable to, yeah. to that. So, yeah, so, so we, I mean, we've been doing this role play all week with the disaster recovery. Yeah. Or now it's going on the second week. And, um, man. Like today I did Zach, uh, yesterday was Rob. Like some of these guys just like blew me away because you could progressively see how good they were. Yeah. And I'm like, I can set them in front of any customer. And Rob even said, he's like, I actually used this role play yesterday and it went really well. Nice. And it was for a customer. Yeah. And I was like, so, so he was just, you know, set up for success. And the role play good. works, role play works. I use role play with my children now. So now, now well, I'm like, listen, I'm like, hey, what are you going to do if somebody comes up to you and says, well, I practice, I have my daughter say something two yeah. or three times, right? It could be something as simple as reciting our address. Let's say you're lost in the zoo. This is something I never would have thought of before yeah. you started us doing yeah. role play during COVID, right? But now I use role play with the kids. All so the they time. can practice and yeah, it, it works. It's good. Well, I mean, you're both sports guys, right? You're a soccer guy, you're a basketball, football basketball, guy. Basketball, football, um, You cannot find one professional sport where they're not running practices and plays as a team, as a unit, before they go into any game. Yeah. Exactly. Like, they wouldn't even be, they wouldn't even cut it. Even right pro. before the game, right? Like the pregame. Oh, there. dude, and they're running the plays, yeah. and, and then it's, it's like football. The quarterbacks say, well, play. Pretty much all of them do that. But they're running the plays. They get to know their teammates. They get to, you know, to know their offense, their defense, yeah. no. everything. Military does it. It's crazy to me. That business is the <coughs> only place where people send their people in with, with no practice. Yeah, no, not prepared. Yeah, not, no prepared practice, yeah. not prepared. Not yeah. prepared. And maybe some training, but no real like, <clears throat> no real practice. And they have to figure it out. It's on-the-job training. Learn from experience. Yeah. And they got millions of dollars on the line. 
doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and a lot of times in, in those earlier days, I think that's how we would train. It was just a direct result of, oh, this happened, so I guess we got to train on that now. Yeah. Uh, like someone would do something or say something on the phone, and it became a, training. You know, a customer training. issue. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the yeah. next thing you know, it's like on a slideshow for the new yeah. employees that are coming <laughs> in. Right? That's what it I, is. I say that because something that I did ended up on one of his slideshows. Oh, really? yeah. oh, we still we still do that. I mean, like uh, this this t this uh, this disaster recovery role play training. I sat in. Um, in a technology business plan, and we didn't do horrible. Yeah, it wasn't a horrible delivery. I would say, from my standard, it was maybe like a six out of ten. I'm like, there's no reason it couldn't have been a nine right. nine out of ten, yeah. right? Like, wh why? So then we were like, hey, let's just make it better, and that's what we did. It's definitely more proactive now. Like, yeah, even if it's we not an issue, it's like yeah. we'll just do it anyways. And then we recycle yeah. recycle the yeah. topics yeah. because in six months you're gonna already have so many new people. Plus, you know, you just get rusty. Yeah, you yeah, know the, the role play. I love it. I think I think preparing people to do their job well is is key. I don't see any way any way um, around it now. Um, well, I want to go back to one thing, and maybe yeah. it's too early. To go talk, yeah, about talk about it. FSA. Oh yeah, we I did. Remember when you introduced this? I was just like, dude, this is just another thing I'm going to have to do. <laughs> this is going to be some work. And uh, so for so for everyone listening, FSA, Freedom Security Alliance was the original name of Fit Cybersecurity. So now, still exists, Fit Cybersecurity. Um, it's, it's our, you know, well, you do a lot in it, so you're, yeah, yeah, you're still doing stuff in it. A lot of customer service, cross-selling, uh, consulting, VC cell work, um, the compliance side, you know, dealing with escalations yeah, issues. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, go no, ahead. No, I was just gonna say, and, and also, like, before, like, we get into, like, the, the things that it does and, and how it is now, like, the, what always impresses me looking back at it is how early at FIT it was really an idea. Yeah. Like, I think it was like in 2015. It yeah, 2015. Kind of became official, right? That's when we did it. And yeah. when you think about it, like nowadays in 2023, like everybody who's anybody's talking about, oh yeah, we have cybersecurity. Oh yeah, we have cybersecurity. Yeah. Like exactly. even distributors yeah. now that we work with on the procurement side come out and say, hey, we also offer cybersecurity. And it's like, we've been doing it. We've been doing this for like yeah. years yeah. now, yeah. right? And yeah. And, and some of those earlier days, like at FSA, I still remember, like, I thought it was a strange request. You told me, hey, order, it was like eight desktops or something like that. Yeah. And send them to the office. Okay. That's weird, right? And then, like, the, the one FSA employee that we had at the time, like, you know, he, he was there and he set them all up. And going back to my previous point, it's like, you're always looking forward. How is it going to be when it grows bigger? We didn't even have eight employees at the company, yeah. think, right? And, but yet you wanted the tables pushed together, right? And, and just like a square and, like... You know, each of them is going to have a monitor. No one's going to sit at that. Yeah. Like, you had the spots for those people yeah. when, we, they, when they were there. We right? sat in an empty security operations center for like a year. Yeah. <laughs> like we had a sock and yeah. nobody worked there. It was just yeah. us. And like we're just I, in there doing I think I did learn a little bit of a lesson from that. It's like get the revenue first, then build it. Yeah. Uh, but but we did it on the reverse on that one. We built it. They got the revenue. The but it's good. And our accountants yeah. let us know about it. It's yeah, they were like, what are you guys wasting money well, on? I still remember the first sock box. Well, I think it was the first. I'm pretty so sure. So the FSA, yeah, we yeah. rebranded it as a sock box. box. Yeah. Yeah, so the first, the first, so right, security operations center, right? So we would take a server, put it in your environment, and then we'd monitor your environment from there. So I remember a customer signed an IT deal, and you pushed them to also sign a cyber deal, and they were very agreeable, but they were in, they were in Idaho. And so we were sending out a former employee, this is like a Monday or something like that, we were sending out a former employee on like a Wednesday to go onboard them for IT, mm -hmm. and then you messaged me and you were like, okay, so we got, we got a cyber deal, 
right? And we got to get a server out there. And I'm like, okay, cool, right? Like, you know, nobody knew what was going on. So, all right, what are we going to do? And he's like, well, we got to get a server. I'm like, all right, let's, you know, we're going to order one. David can order yeah. one. He's like, no, we need it by Wednesday. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> so I drove the fries, and I paid for everything in cash. I got, like, the chassis, the hard drive, RAM, all this stuff. Brought it back to the office, and then, like, set it all up. You told me to install VMware on it. You had all these instructions. I had no idea where they were coming from. I was like, okay. So I installed VMware on it, installed some other thing. And then the NIC didn't work because, the, the, like, you have to have, like, a professional, right. like, server-level NIC to go with VMware, so I ended up ordering it off of eBay, and the guy who was going to install it all was like brand new, and I was like, listen man, do we have like a one-shot chance of this even working? I'm going to order this thing off of eBay and send it to your hotel or the office or whatever it was where you were going, and I'm going to ship the computer. I gave you the computer, you shipped it like overnight, mm -hmm. and he met all of the equipment there, set it all up, and boom, we had like our first like FSA customer online, like monitoring their environment, and I was honestly shocked that it worked. I was like, bro, like, we can do that again. Like, <laughs> if we have a couple of weeks, we can do it, like, order stuff. You know what right. I mean? Like, it, and they are still a customer. To They're still day. a customer. Yeah, and they, they have a new server. Yeah, thank, thank God. You, yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I thought I was, I was honestly, as we were doing that, I was like, there's no way this is going to work. You know what I mean? Right. It was such a last-ditch effort, like, trying to get it all together. But, I mean, sometimes, you know, I felt like that was the, the mantra back then, like, whatever it takes. Um, yeah, to, to that's get it done. true. It's like so. an Avengers movie right there. Yeah. <laughs> it was fun. And I think that, that was like the sentiment, if, like sticking with the cyber topic a little bit, right? I think that was the common sentiment across the board. It's like, like what are we doing? Like, is this going to work? Like, why am I doing work for fit and then I'm also having to do work over here? Like, on my side, like, I had to do payroll for both. Yeah, exactly. We had, like, yeah. everybody had a two email addresses. Even my wife was like, so you have two jobs now? Yeah, I exactly. That crossed my mind. I was like, yeah, I guess. I was like, but I was like, you know, we're just, you know, I'm I, there. Yeah, <laughs> I think the big, the big mistake we made that was a learning opportunity was we tried to do we tried to do a separate branding. So we had first FSA and then FIT, and then it was FIT and Sockbox, and then we changed... And finally, we're like, because what it was doing in people's minds is making it too separate. And even though it was a separate offering, no one was saying, oh, why are you doing procurement and IT services? Even though that's probably more different than IT yeah. and cyber, yeah, it is, yeah. right? So, so because of the branding. So when we changed it to fit cybersecurity and then fit IT solutions, then it was like, oh, okay, this is the IT part, this is the cyber part, one organization started getting more cohesive. Yeah. When you mentioned the separate branding, I don't know why, but what came to my mind was the, uh, like the FSA commercial <laughs> that you tried to the make. Video. Yeah, yes, the, maybe the video. Yeah, maybe we can add that in post or something. Video. Yeah, if, we played the oh, like, there's we the, played, the eagle comes in and takes the bad guy the, away. Yeah, is that, I wonder if it's still on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think anyone would have taken it down. Dude, we, we paid nine grand for that video. Oh my gosh. It was a lot of money. Looking back, it's pretty cringe though. Yeah. So, but explain to me though, because like this is. I thought it was gonna work. And your customers didn't do nothing. nothing. Yeah. Well, you always had the, you always had the tours. Remember, we finally got the office and we had the yeah. sock. Yeah. The sock, and then like everyone was like everybody in the office for a tour, and like we were just sitting there, you know, what I mean? like working, working on something yeah. completely different. But what, like, what made you feel like it was important at the time? That's kind of what I because. Uh, I that's a good question. I, well, I knew cybersecurity was gonna be bigger and bigger with time. Um, I think we were early because people still weren't spending as much money on it as yeah. I thought they would. Uh, and then the other thing is I remember when I was at the ISP, there was always a spear point that got us business. 
So the tip of the spear, when I first started, was like, man, what was it? Well, I think managed IC services, moving, moving from a break-fix model to like a recurring like steady model, that was kind of the spear point. Then later it became virtualization. So like, hey, we can consolidate all your servers. You got 50 servers. Guess what? You can have it on you know, two, three boxes now. And we can do this VMware thing. So we were early at VMware. That was the spear point. And then later on, man, uh, DR and disaster recovery was, was the spear point. Hey, what if your stuff goes down? Building burns up, you know, we, we can do it. So, so there was always something that was, you know, people didn't really want to just talk about IT services. There was some other topic on their mind, and then it turned into that conversation. So, you know, disaster recovery or virtualization. Now, virtualization is not a spear point anymore. That's a given. Nobody has non-virtualized servers. Yeah. It just doesn't even exist, right? Oh, cloud was another one. Yeah. So Which virtualization, is- then we had DR disaster recovery, and then later cloud. Those were like kind of the three spear points I remember. I was like, well, what's the new spear point? And it was cybersecurity. <clears throat> so, and, and I would say it worked in that sense because a lot of times we, and we still do, we still get cybersecurity leads and then they don't even buy cybersecurity. They end up buying IT services. Uh, it happens all the time. Yeah, yeah no, it does, it does. And you yeah. see, you see, I mean, when you're in the industry, it makes perfect sense, right? When you're doing it, you're like, okay, I can see where this is heading. Um, but I still think people struggle to identify what's going to be the next big offering, what's going to be the next big thing that you can do. And I felt like you hit that cyber, like right on time. It was a little early, but being early in that situation yeah. was, was perfect because by the time it really became a thing, we were so, so mature that even right. now, <clears throat> Even the deal we just got, right? They're comparing us to another company that offers, I think, in their mind, the same thing, but we're so much more mature, right? We have right. so much more. Yeah, so and weren't more those guys like like outsourcing, not even doing a lot of their monitoring? Exactly. Yeah, they just put a tool on there. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, put a tool, exactly, yeah. And so, and that's the thing is that we have so much more power behind us, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and that, to me, that's because we've been in it for so long. I did not sign up, I did not come out of high school thinking I was going to be in cybersecurity at all. wasn't on my mind. Yeah. Right? I did something, one day you walked into a conference room and bang. I was an IT person, yeah. right? You know what I mean? I've had conversations with hackers. I've seen people lose hundreds of thousands of dollars. None of this was a part of my vision. You know, it was just kind of, yeah. it, but it is. It's life now, yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. And the, the cyber topic, not to, I mean, if you guys want to switch gears a little bit, but it also brings to my mind going from like taking the conversation from the customer side of things to the internal side of things and like the effects that it had on the culture at fit, right? Because for the longest time, I think that was a growing pain that that we had uh, early on is just kind of having that wall between. Yeah, cyber cyber and IT were kind of like so segregated that they didn't really operate together too well. Yeah, and and kind of being at the office, which, you know, like, being at the office, for those of us that did come into the office, it, it helped a bit, right? But it wasn't until, I think around the time the pandemic hit, that we realized, like, it has to kind of be just one. It was the logo big, change that changed it. Yeah, it has it. to be one big team. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the logo change changed it. Um, I, I think we also had a, another thing, and it's weird because I'm still conflicted about even talking about this. I'm a big proponent of the in-office culture because there's so much benefit to it. But 
for our particular business and the way we operate, it it almost was better when we all went remote. Um, there's still some things lost, but, and we try to make it up in different ways, it's not exactly the same, but you can't have field engine, like we had two different cultures before the pandemic. So we had the office culture, which is really strong, strong uh, tight and pretty strong. And then we had the field culture. So everyone that was in the field or not in the, even if they were in San Diego, but they were spending their time on site, they didn't really feel connected to the culture. Yeah. When we all leveled the playing field and we all went remote, we were forced to do metrics and accountability for each role in each department. And we also started doing like things like all hands, role play, training together, all these different things. It completely leveled the, the playing field. So I don't feel, um, or the feedback I get from the employees, you know, someone in San Diego doesn't feel anyone any different than the right. person in South Carolina Kentucky, or the guy in Florida or Utah yeah. or Texas. You know, it's just like yeah, no, hundred percent, hundred percent. I think that that's true. I remember, I remember the office, the office. Well, there was no office for a while, mm -hmm. right? I mean, you went to the office, and and then I came in if I wasn't on site or if I wasn't, you know, just doing tickets. And we kept, yeah, we kept trying to squeeze that yeah, that, that, that what, what square peg in a round yeah, hole, yeah, like forcing the engineers out. in, yeah. but then. Yeah. Right. yeah, but I think that I do think that, and and then what we had, we had a couple of engineers in Kentucky at the time, and I remember those guys kind of be like, oh, I wish I got to know you guys a little bit better. Definitely was a very, very different experience for them working at Fit than it was yeah. for myself, yeah. and you know, always being on site, um, I actually enjoyed it because I like meeting new people. But coming back to the office was huge. But I will say, like something like Zoom, we used it. But it, it did change the game, right? Because once we were all sitting there looking at each other's faces on the squares, I don't know if you remember, all hands started. We had no structure. Yeah. No, no it structure. Was, yeah. Dude, I, we'd have all hands in the last 40 minutes. Yeah, Sometimes exactly. yeah. just start yeah. talking just, for a long time. Yeah, like the state of the union, like every yeah. day, you know what I mean? And then you guys put together a structure, and I was like, dude, everybody knows what to expect. Everyone feels connected now. You're breaking out rooms with every, I've met every single person. We've talked at least a little bit. Um, and yeah, it's created a completely yeah. different dynamic. And I don't know if other companies are doing it. They should you know, be. Work with, if yeah. they're not, they should be. Well, I, th I think a lot of the remote, I think that is the problem that a lot of remote companies are doing. They're trying to do the hybrid, they're trying to do the remote, mm -hmm. but then they don't have, I think the only way for it to work is that you have to have that connection point because that's the one piece that connects the culture. That daily hand meeting, you're like, well, I could be servicing customers. It's kind of a waste for talking about, you know, department wins. I'm not even in that department. Mm -hmm. Like, talking about mission and vision every day, blah, blah, blah. I hear, I already know it. Uh, it doesn't matter. That's the connection point because that's as close as you're ever going to get to being in an office with other people. Yeah. That's it, right? So, and, and then the format of that is super important as well, not just that it's willy-nilly. So we kind of copied that, that, that format from Cardinal Adventures, seeing how they ran it. And we then just basically copied it, and it worked. It worked, worked great. And then the other thing is the metrics, right? Yeah. So I, I'm sure there's some people you know, that come in the organization that sometimes are gaming the system uh, on productivity, but it, it, it reveals itself in the numbers, and then it just doesn't yeah. last too long. I mean, the team... I don't even have to go and say, oh, someone sucks, get fired. They, they, other teammates fire them. Yeah, oh, yeah they, right they, away. Right, right away. They're you like, know. dude, I'm yeah, working too know. hard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know who's who. So, yeah, when you're an IT engineering team and there's only a few of you, you know who's doing what. 
and it, it will it, it will pop out in the metrics for sure. You know the the uh, what is it? Is it productivity? Yeah, you got billable utilization. Utilization is the word. I'm and then uh, you have client satisfaction. Um, you can see, and then a less important metric, but it's a contextual metric, is how many tickets. Now some guys are ticket crushers, and then other people they work in bigger problems. They're going to have less tickets, so the ticket's not as important. But contextually, if you know that this guy is supposed to be crushing tickets and his billable utilization is like, looks high, but then he's like, well, why is he only doing this versus this guy doing this? Like, I could look at a guy like Nicholas. I know he's going to have very little tickets. <laughs> you know. Because he's only working these giant projects. But <laughs> I only need to look at, I only need to look. He might have two yeah. tickets all week. Yeah. But then you have, like, two new guys, and you can see right, right away what's going Like, yeah. it's a contextual thing, and it tells it tells the, a story. Yeah. Right. He came on a little after you started. A little right, after. Yeah, listen, if, we're, if there's anybody to talk about in a forum like this who goes under the radar never says anything. The ninja. The ninja, man. <laughs> the IT ninja, dude. I've never seen somebody work so hard and so meticulously. Just, I mean, he's so, he's like a knife through butter. Yeah. You know what I mean? With everything. I remember, like, we've only done, like, one onboarding a long, long time ago in San Diego, Landon Crest. And he had to spend the night there, right? Because we were just like a oh, hostile right. takeover. Yeah. Right? We had a rough go basically hacking into all of their systems because that's what they wanted us to yeah, do. Sir. And he locked his laptop in like uh, like in, the, in one of the rooms, and so he's just like, dude, I'm just gonna stay here tonight. He lived in LA, right? He lived two hours from home. He's like, somebody's gotta take my daughter. Take my daughter. But other than that, I'm good. But dude, he's just one of those committed people. Oh yeah, he's great. I barely know him. I've known him for almost ten years, and I barely yeah. know him. But I know how hard he works. I really respect him. Man. Uh, Everybody knows. Yeah. yeah like yeah, yeah. no one's can ever say they've had like a bad experience. No, with, no. with Nicholas. I remember no, like no. when he first started. Um, I think it was myself and Emilio had started around that time as well. And something noteworthy that we found about him is like he asked us so many questions about like he did ask a lot of questions and, at the beginning. And yeah. like each of us were like kind of assigned, like Emilio and I, we were assigned to like different employees to train. I think Emilio was assigned to Nicholas, and, and he was telling me, I don't know about this Nicholas guy. He just asked too many no, questions. In the beginning, he had a lot yeah. of questions. But I, I started. But there was a reason yeah, why. Because he wasn't going to ask you again yeah, after yeah, you yeah, answered yeah, it, right? Yeah. What happened is that he turned, though, right? So he did ask a lot of questions in the beginning, and I could help him. But then, as he got deeper into it, he started asking me questions that I couldn't answer. Then before I know it, I'm asking him <laughs> <new> questions. <laughs> so like it it, 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 it was like it happened quickly with him. Yeah, yeah. it's all part of his master plan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's he's got it, man. He's he's definitely got the juice. Like and him. and also that, to go back briefly to like the, I guess the pre all hands culture yeah. that we had, because there is there's a before and after <clears throat> all hands. Yeah. And it's interesting to think about, like, like what really did connect us then before. Having having all hands. The like only it, thing would be being in the office, and then once a quarter we did a like a state of the union. Yeah, kind of thing. and, yeah. and, and it's like there, a two-hour meeting. And there were times like when like you would sporadically, <clears throat> what seemed like random. It's like all right, we're gonna have all hands, and everyone in the office would kind of go into the into the yeah, into yeah. the conference room. Yeah, a couple of people sure. would show up on on the cameras yeah. on, on Zoom, but it was just like all right, well here we go. There's an all hands happening, yeah. right? Um, yeah, but even yeah. then it was like. Maybe we had some message we wanted to relay. Right, and it was like it, we were all there for one specific reason. Yeah, yeah. maybe one or two things. When we were but. smaller, it was interesting because like there was a few people who worked 
completely remote, and I never got to know those guys. But like you, you obviously, well, yeah. I saw you guys all the time. We were on right. HipChat at the time. HipChat. HipChat, right. We had Slack. All We had all those forms. And that always kind of, I felt, made you feel like you were connected. But as we grew, it became impossible right. to stay. To yeah, stay, and, uh, and figuring that out, I think we've largely figured that out with all like the regular meetings that we have within each department, each team. But if you remember, that these are like my, my least favorite times of like early fit is when we would have, like, I guess you could say it was like an all company meeting, even though it was just like six or seven of us, right? Yeah. But it was like once a week, we would all meet like at Comerge or whatever. And it was the account management meeting. It was the procurement meeting. It was like, Client. it was the everything meeting, yeah, we did. Yeah. right? And it would just go on, on forever, yes. right? And then, yeah. and then remember how every meeting I remember start. we would whiteboard every yes. customer's name on the whiteboard. Yeah, that's the and then we would systematically yeah. go through that's every customer's status. I felt like we got that from Mad Men. Does anybody else feel like, did anybody watch, did you watch Mad Men? No, no. I only seen a couple episodes. Like that was kind of how they did it. I felt like I was on Mad Men. Every right. time we put all those names up, yeah. and he'd be like, you know, what do you know about whatever customer it is? Like, yeah, right. And we were just like, who knows? Oh, Mike knows. All right, we'll call Mike. He's not here. And then we'd have to bring him in on the phone, yeah. and he'd have to explain the issues exactly. that was happening. Yeah. Right? No, and some people, like, you you had him, right? It was like, all right, this is Ephraim's person, like Scott, for instance. Like, we wouldn't dare ever approach that man. Like, like, hey, let Ephraim deal with it. But, yeah, it always felt like a, it was, I'm not going to lie, yeah. I didn't like it was meeting. No, people. right, and because, like, yeah. it, from my perspective, like, I was, like, the, the host of the meeting, I guess, so I had to keep it ticking on to the next topic. And the reason I didn't like it is because the rabbit holes that we would go down. We would get to a point, I'm like, all right guys, so I have this ticket. Like, does this customer need a server or not? Yeah, no problem. And then like, an, hour, an hour later, completely different topic, we but it some, somehow spiraled into that topic. Right? Yeah. We had some pretty insanely sharp guys on the team at the time. And I think a couple of them were buttheads. Yeah, a little yeah. bit on some of the technical points. Yeah, okay. I think they wanted um, to always get into the technical topics for each right. customer. Yeah, yeah. And the problem was we were trying to do account management in the same meeting that we were doing engineering, engineering yeah. solutions as well as like ticket statuses as well as accounting. Yeah. Like you couldn't. Account status. Like did it, they it, pay it, their bill? All right. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It just didn't. It just wasn't. <laughs> yeah, there was a the whole thing. Yeah. There yeah. was so much. Now, now that you bring it up, dude, there was so much. It was so inefficient. Yeah. So then we started saying, okay, well. And then we were doing technical training probably in that right, same yeah, meeting. Exactly. Like, yeah. it, just it was never. a four-hour meeting. Yeah, and and four. we got to the point where it's like we eventually had so many customers that it's like there's like there's we can't no just keep way. riding them on the board. There's no, no. Like no. there's got to be a better so way. So then we started breaking out, okay, let's have like technical solutions discussions. Let's have uh, uh, ticket status discussions. Let's have account management discussions. Right. Uh, let's have accounting discussions. So it started like we just – and. It, yeah, it was the everything meeting. It just yeah, wasn't yeah, more efficient. Money, more problems. Yeah. Right? I mean, it, it was. It must have been like whiteboarding heaven for you, though. That's what like, it is. Uh, <laughs> but sometimes it was. It, you know, it just felt like you yeah. said it, that you did a lot of talking without a lot of results yeah. for the time amount of talking that, that you were doing. Right. If you're talking for four hours, you thought you would get a lot done. Getting a lot done, but I don't. I don't know that we were. Yeah, we, we weren't we, getting we were, we that getting, much done. We, yeah. we probably could have yeah. uh, efficiently got that done in. Right. I mean, now we're doing, like, just for example, the morning, uh, every team has a scrum. Mm -hmm. They do it in 15 minutes. So easy now. Dude. And I watch, them. I watch them. I watch them. I watch the, some of those scrums. Super efficient. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, here's everybody's calendars. Here's the open ticket counts. This is our CSAT. Hey, I need to make sure someone can get here. Oh, yeah, Brandon, you got that. Okay, perfect. Um, 
hey, James, I'm going to sign you this, like, you know. Yeah, and it's then, so efficient now. Yeah. So, so easy to get done. And, and then the other thing, I, I, I've kind of been out of the, the service delivery loop for a while. Um, and I imagine it's changed, but at the time, the engineers were, like, completely autonomous in terms of, like, how they would schedule their days. Yeah, yeah. Right? I remember those days, yeah. It's like, what um, are you going to yeah. do today? Well, every engineer had a different yeah, answer. Everybody had to, yeah. well, you, so you had a great idea. You gave us some structure when you introduced the, the right, desk, desk engineer, engineer yeah. right? Yeah. So, so when we were all on a team, one person would stay put and work the tickets, and then the other guys would be scheduling themselves on site or whatever it is. Right. Um, That's still used. Yeah, I think it's still used to a degree. The service coordinator is doing the most of the okay. scheduling now, so somebody is kind of hanging tight and doing the t tickets, but yeah. uh, it's, it's a little bit different now. But, um, yeah, so when we had that system, I actually, I liked that because I, I, I knew what to expect. So when I was due desk engineer, even if it took me to late at night, I'd be like, okay, I'm just going to finish everything today. Right. That way I don't, nobody has to wake up and see anything new tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And that was like the standard. And even when it was just like me, Shane, and Devin, like there was three of us on this huge team, all these customers, we would always just end up working late, right. crush every single ticket, and then the next day, whoever picked up, they could just pick up with new tickets that day. That worked, but then the rest of the week was completely autonomous. And you just go and just, you know, yeah. go holistic, go do lunch, or from yeah. just call you and just say, hey, <laughs> we're going here. And I'd be like, yeah, I got it. Right. Yeah, it's not, it's not that autonomous anymore. Well, I mean, the engineers still have tons of authority. Yeah, on what still, they do, yeah, right? But they don't manage their calendars anymore. Oh, yeah. So now uh, a triage dispatch person plays Tetris on all the calendars and puts the tickets based on SLA and priorities mm -hmm. on their calendars. Nice. And the nice thing is when you're an engineer, at first they resist it because they're thinking, I know I'm a professional, I know how to manage well, this kind of stuff. But they don't have broad oversight and then once they accept it, they're like, oh shoot, I can drown out all the other noise, mm -hmm. all I gotta do is work on this task. Yeah. And then if they pull me off it to do a different one, then I can do that. Otherwise, I'm going to knock this task out, and then I'm moving on to the next. Yeah. And so they, you know, a lot of them start to get kind of, I don't know, it's like having a secretary, right? Yeah. You know, like you see people are just get, we've got a good secretary, you trust it. It's a nice thing because you can kind of be lazy. You can be in the sense of you don't have to juggle all the balls. You only have to focus on one less, thing at a time. So much less pressure. <clears throat> yeah, so much and, and it's brought our, I mean, our average ticket counts went from 300 to like you know, 100 yeah, before. Yes, yeah, so everybody's sub 100s. So yeah, like sub 100s now. Yeah, yeah. So it did have a big impact. It like the system actually works. So, yeah. and it was kind of the wild west, <clears throat> not just in terms of that sense, in terms of like how the engineers structured their day, but going back to the topic of how everyone felt connected or lack thereof. Like yeah. I remember there were times in in my role early on where. I wouldn't like see because we didn't have an office clearly like I wouldn't see or talk to anybody at fit the company that I work at like for maybe days at a time like maybe I'll go to Ephraim's house like to work a day or Joel's or something but it early on like everyone just kind of had their own stuff to do Going, yeah and there wasn't like anywhere near the connected nature that we have now yeah, yeah. where you're con not constantly but you're frequently in meetings seeing people talking to people collaborating uh, but back then it was just like, all right, this is what I have to do, this is what yeah. you have to do, and then everyone just kind of... I, th I think there was a big cultural shift also in that time when I look back. Um, we had the approach of like, everybody like everybody throws ideas on the table, and everybody wanted to change processes and do different things at, at the same time. Yeah. And we've always, as a, as a culture, been open to new ideas. But you get a new guy, and he's already got 
all these ideas on how to change the business, and this guy thinks, no, that's a dumb idea, I've been doing this, and we should do it this way. So that, that culture changed when we started um, benchmarking what the best, what the top employees are doing. So as right. soon as you started benchmarking what the top employees are doing, then the approach for the new guy is like, hey, welcome to the team. Look, we want your success to be easy. We're going to show you exactly how the top performers do it. You're going to duplicate that. So you're mimicking it until you've mastered it. So the new guy has to has to master the process before he starts making any, any kind of changes to the process. Now, if he's mastered it and he can now find better ways, more efficient ways, we'll change the process for the whole organization because now he's the top. But it keeps changing it and it makes it hard for somebody that wants to throw an idea on the table but doesn't, can't really execute. They can't, you know, it's not as, it's open to ideas but only from, from people that can actually do it, not from just everybody. Anybody, yeah. yeah. So I think that when you're small like you were and I'm literally right next to you, right, uh, watching you make the sauce. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, you need a little bit more cilantro. On yeah. You know I mean? Like, that's the mentality. But now if, if you have grown. And sometimes I would genuinely question you. I'd be like, listen, I do not want to do whatever it is he just said. But now I'm like, you know what? Whatever he's doing or wherever he's getting this from, it is working. You know yeah. what I mean? So go against your, your whatever it is you got in your own head, right? And just, just try it. Because now you see that, that, that it's working. Yeah. Right? When, yeah. When, you see, when you see it's working, you're like, who am I to question somebody when whatever it is they're doing has gotten them this far? But yeah, very, very early on, I'd be like, dude, why, why do we have to do this or that? Or why do, like, for instance, the shirt and tie thing is a classic example. When I first, I was, I was so happy. I was like, all right, I'm in California. I'm never going to wear a shirt and tie again. <laughs> but I everything was flip-flops here. Um, uh, and you were so serious about it. Even other customers would be like, yeah. why does he make you guys do that? I'm like, I don't know, but I swear to God, if you tell him, you know, that I didn't have one a tie or something yeah. like that, because like one customer would always take off your tie. I'm like, dude, don't tell them. You know what I mean? like, <laughs> so they, they, and they, they've always, and when I say that, I mean Joel and, and Ephraim, they had always taken that super seriously to the degree that when, when I first started subcontracting, I wasn't even an employee yet, right? I first started subcontracting. So the, the company itself was them two and like one other full-time employee, right? And so I, I don't know if you remember this one time after I was working another job, so I came to Joel's house, you were there, it was, I had just gotten off of work, so it was like 6 o'clock in the evening or whatever, I, I had scheduled to meet up with you guys after work, so I drove over to Joel's, just dressed like I was from the other job, you know, it's just a company of three people at that point, right, I'm not even part of the company, I'm a subcontractor, and I walk in, and then, and then the first thing up and says, buddy, we really take the shirt and tie thing, and they're there in Joel's living room, in his living room, in a shirt and tie. And I'm like, oh man, like I, it, it wasn't a, a hassle for me, but it, in my mind, I'm like, it's not that, it's not that, the company was so small, yeah, so yeah, small, yeah, but yeah. they wanted the shirt and tie. Yeah. You, you want to yeah. hear something funny? So same guy I went to lunch with today. So he's a DevOps guy um, for one of our, one of our big customers. Um, and he's, he's seen us do penetration. He's worked with us because he's a developer. We do the penetration testing, we show the risks, and then he's part of the team that's like working with us on the other end, yeah. fixing it, all that, having us retest, all that kind of thing. So he's, he's the guy that um, uh, met with us, and when I sat down, he's like, oh man, he's like, so is the short shirt and tie thing like, like, like a, 
he's like, I noticed that's your guys' thing. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, yeah, every time I'm on a call, you guys are always dressed up and, and um, all of that. He's like, it's actually like, he's like, I think it's, it's, it's so different that we're not used to it. And I was like, well, what do you think about it? He's like, you guys stand out way different. We work with a lot of vendors. He's like, you guys are the only ones. And he's like, I, 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 know, I can tell you guys are, are... So he mentioned two things. He's like, you, you guys have like some kind of system on the back, right? Like, I'm like, yeah. He's like, I can tell because like when you guys are doing deliveries and stuff, it's like very systematic and everybody's dressed. And I'm like, he's describing our processes, our role play. Yeah. And then obviously the they looks, but the visible, yeah. like he complimented. So I'm actually going to throw that on the all hands. He actually was like, man, like you guys are different. Like everybody can tell as soon as we jump on a call with you guys that there's something different. And then you're like delivering on it. It's like, it's like, man, you guys are like, it, like, it just feels like you're in another league. Yeah. It's, it's so different. We yeah. had a <clears throat> sales call, a reverse sales call where somebody was trying to sell to us. Yeah. And um, they were all very casual, which is nothing wrong with it, right? They were all just very casual, just like uh, collared shirts or whatever. And one of the guys showed up to the meeting like three or four minutes late. Um, and, you know, so I made a little joke to him about that. But I was just like, man, the vibe is different. Like, it almost seems to me like you feel like take it or leave it. You know what I yeah. mean? Because you're dressed however you wanted to dress. You kind of came in when you wanted to come in, right? When you have the experience of a Fit Solutions sales call, we're on the call before you're on the call. We're addressed. We address so many things in the beginning. Um, we've had several people tell me and Melinda, like even if they don't buy, like listen, I've never actually seen like a duo work like you know you guys work through through a sales process. It's just the delivery is just a, like you said, it's another league. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's I think what you would consider like upper echelon. Yeah. I think just that alone, people feel like wow, if it's like this now. Was it like doing the, you know, they yeah. always say the same thing. Wow, if this is really true, this is amazing. I've heard that several times from right. sales calls. So. Yeah. yeah.